podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in, you know, I don't do this every week, but I would love if you went over, left a review, left a comment. I listened to all of those. Um, you know, give me some topics sent, sent over to, to Steve at teachups.com. What kind of topics do you want to hear? Um, but before we jump into today's topic, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, I've tried them all and this is, uh, not only, not only how innovative are, but you know, the workouts and, and what, what, what I love about Dr. Dish is they give back to the community. If you, if you follow them on the face on Facebook, if you follow them on Twitter, they're always giving back to the basketball community. And you mentioned coach unplug, they'll give you $450 off. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It's resources, it's handouts, it's videos, it's one-on-one calls, it's office hours. It's a coach. It's a, it's a, it's a resource run by a coach for a coach. It's not not an ex-coach, not someone that's been let go, not someone that's um, coaching part-time. This is what I do, um, and Teach Hoops helps me keep the bills on. It helps me put up these podcasts, 13 podcasts a week. Teach Hoops helps me uh, be able to do that, and, and it's a roadmap for you to be successful, and let me help you in this great journey that we call coaching. But let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So, Tom, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and then just kind of we'll go through your basketball journey, kind of how you got into it, if you played, and then uh, we'll go from there. So I'm going to turn it over to you. All right, so um, my name is Tom Cannon. I'm currently the um, I'm currently in New Jersey, uh, Elmwood Park, New Jersey. I coach the uh, girls. Okay, so before we get going, I'm going to interrupt 30 seconds in. So tell I, – I have a lot of uh, – a lot of uh, T-Tubes members in New York City. So how far are you from New York? We are about a 15-minute car ride outside of New York City. We're right across so the bridge. First of all, there is no 15-minute car ride outside of New well, York Well, I mean, yes. If, if, there, if there was no traffic in a tunnel or a bridge, yes, you could get there in 15 minutes. I'll tell you a story. This is funny. My, my son took with his cousin took like a film class at Pace University which was like, my brother has a place in, in Greenwich, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. We, we, uh, we were in, my brother lives in New Hampshire. So we were driving in from New Hampshire and we're driving and we're driving. And it's, it's a, maybe a Thursday or Friday night. I don't know. And I, we're going to drive them in and then we're going to drop them off. And then we're going to leave, go back up to the lake house. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is super easy. Well, I don't know if people are mad about traffic and yada, yada, yada. And no lie, we get 15 minutes from Manhattan, and it literally, I could have gotten out and walked faster. I, I oh, mean, yeah. It, yeah, it's It was bad. the last 15 miles. Everything up to the last 15 miles was great. It's like, I should have parked the car and jumped on a train or something. It was crazy. I um, mean, what was, what was weird about this whole pandemic thing was that it actually turned into a 15-minute drive. Because nobody was going into the city. Yeah, so, so no it actually was a 15-minute drive. The only so new I put New York with Atlanta. I don't know if you've ever driven around Atlanta. Atlanta is as bad as New York City, which is crazy to believe that, but it is nothing like Chicago's like nothing in comparison. Right outside of DC is bad too. 
I haven't to... driven much outside of DC. Oh, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's horrible. Okay. So do you play? So this is before we dive into this, do you play teams in New York? No, we don't. Okay. Um okay. when I was at I was at a different school, I was at a bigger school. We would we would go to invitationals and stuff in the city, in the Bronx, in, in Brooklyn. The, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but, so but go ahead. Really, I didn't mean to interrupt. Really I just want to know where you were. We'll go interstate. Uh, so. Okay. okay. All right. So go ahead. So we so start over again. I'm sorry. I just wanted to know where no, you. No. Were. No. No. No worries. Um. So I, I, this will be my. I'm going into my fourth year there. Um. But but that's where I currently am. Um. I didn't start coaching until I was about 28, 29. I was actually in corporate before that, and I was a stand-up comedian, um, in Los Angeles. For two years, I did it professionally. Yeah, um, a great gig. I've, I've, uh, Chris does that. He, he's in New York. He's a basketball coach. He does it. He's hilarious. He was doing it in parking lots during the pandemic. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing like parking lots and backyards and like yeah. decks. Yeah, I did that. I did that like twenty years ago. I did it just as a fun thing. It's great. It, doing stand. There's nothing better than it's similar to coaching. The adrenaline rush is similar. It, it is. It's very similar, and, and the skill sets are very similar too. Thinking on your feet communicating you know with a crowd um you know creating that bond with people um yeah it's i tell kids it's a math problem and they go what do you mean i go well if a joke is funny in minneapolis it's funny in omaha and they go what do you mean i go well once you find a good joke you ride it yeah like yeah you, you can ride that thing it is like for like but the problem is you got to be willing to have the seven bad ones that are just gonna bomb Yes, you're going to bomb more than you're going to succeed. Right. So I said, I used to have a notebook. And then to get my set, eventually, I had, I had to basically embarrass myself long enough to get, you know, five minutes worth of good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it kind of kind of comes back to coaching where you tell kids, well, you have to try new things. You know, you have to fail in order to succeed. Like, you have to lose big games before you win a big one. So so it's very, you know, the, the lesson is there. So what was your uh, gist? My gist was, my gist was I was a high school teacher and it was like my – my high school ain't I basically was describing what high school was like, which was actually pretty funny because if you've ever been in a high school on a regular basis, it's a yeah, pretty oh yeah. comical place. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's a lot of good material for a high if you if you want to go into stand up, become a teacher for about five years and just keep track of everything you hear, you you'll have enough material. And you're good. You got yeah, you got your five, <laughs> ten minutes. You do. What was your what was your thing? What was your angle? My angle was that I was like I was trying to do intelligent Seinfeld type humor. Okay. But, but it was way past the time that that was cool anymore. So, so I gave myself, so I, I was doing it uh, like just as a fun hobby. And then I lost my job and I was like, all right, now's the time. So I moved out to LA and I gave myself like a time limit. And I said, if it doesn't happen, you know, it's time to like figure out, you know, you're almost going to be 30 time to figure out what you're going to do. So that time limit hit. And on my way back from LA in my car, I decided I was going to be a teacher. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, I just, if you ever want to make a real big decision, do a cross country drive by yourself. I tell people, so I tell people here, this is, this is, this, I teach seniors in high school. I say my bit advice to every, every senior is I said, when you find that special someone, take a cross country trip with them. If you're still talking and you're still in love after that trip, it's good. You're good to go. I did that. My brother did that. The last guy did that with my, my wife when we were, we were engaged. I said, if you can do that and be in a car and just not just be together, 
and camp and do that kind of stuff, you're good. Like you'll make through the back. Well, I, it's funny. I actually drove out there with a dog, a girl, and a bird, and I drove back with a dog. <laughs> <laughs> actually, really fun. <laughs> Too shy. So figure out who I like the most, right? <laughs> They'll always love you. I got two of them. You'll always love that's that's great. Uh no, the Seinfeld. Um, I tell I also tell my students, your 20s are to figure out what you want to do. Like I tell my son this, he's uh 19, he's going off to college. He took a gap year, and I said, like, live on after you graduate from college, go get some jobs, go live on your friend's couch, go yeah. go, go figure out what you want to do before you have any responsibilities. Because once you get responsibilities, you're not gonna be doing that um travel do something i don't know go be a ski bum i don't care yeah no it was it was a it was a great experience you know even though it never it, it i didn't crack through i mean it taught me so many things about myself and about the world and it was awesome it was so awesome. when i got back i uh i moved to newark new jersey and i needed to make some friends so i joined a a, a flag football like a co-ed flag football thing and i was the quarterback and i don't know why i was the quarterback i can't throw but whatever so the rule was you had to throw to a girl every third play or a female every third play. But I had a female on my team that was just running routes. I mean, she was fantastic. I was throwing to her almost every play. Right. Come to find out that she played, uh, she played basketball at Wake Forest. Okay. And she was the head coach at um, a group four school in New Jersey. And her JV coach had just quit. So she saw me like drawing up plays in the dirt and yelling at all the players and everything. And she was like, you know, what do you think about coaching? And I basically got handed, you know, an opportunity and I just fell in love with it um, and, and just haven't looked back since. I mean, but it was just weird, like right place, right time. You know, it just all fell into place for me. Right. It's um, all about timing. I love that. And, wow. and it all it all came out of a failure. You know, it all came out of, you know, not succeeding in one thing and, and, and all the dominoes dropped. And there you go. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur too. And basically any business has going to, you're going to, I mean, Amazon, everyone fails initially. You got to, you got to, the, the failures are, you, if you learn from them, they're good. That's similar to coaching and teaching. Um, so, so level four, does that mean big or small? So that's, so that's group four. That'll be the biggest. Yeah. That'll be the biggest. Um, okay. Those are the biggest schools. And then you have your parochials, which will be your Catholics and your, and your privates. Um, but when I was there, you know, I had the I had the opportunity to, to learn from a, a former D1 player who was running basically D1 practices. Um, we had a player we had a player on that team who's now in the WNBA, uh, Maisha Hines Allen. Okay. Um, so I had the opportunity to see, you know, what a what a high level like girls basketball player is um, and a high level team. We made state sectional runs. Uh, we were runner up in the county, runner up in the states. Um, for two years straight. So I had the opportunity to see basketball at its highest. Runner and then up I sucks. Through. Runner up sucks. Runner up. Run, oh, my God. Uh, and both of them came on, on last second shots that we missed. I'm telling you, I've got four runner ups. I've, I've won the state title three times. And I got four runners up. The first year I got a, I, I mean, I, I'm married to a psychologist. I swear I was clinically depressed. It's the wor It's almost better to lose in the second round. Yeah, and it is the losing the state finals because you're so you can you can see it like you're yeah. so close. I mean, the the worst feeling is that locker room right after, just the silence and just the, you know, especially if you have seniors and it's yeah, it it was brutal. That second one was brutal. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> 
Um, okay. So that I ended up getting an opportunity, a head coaching opportunity at a, at a, at a group one. So the smallest, and we were one of the smallest schools um, in that group one. And I ended up, we ended up going to States the first year, lost in the first round. And then the second year I went one in 25 and we lost on, we lost, we won on the last game. So we were zero in 25 going into that last game. Um, but one thing I noticed about, about that team, we must've had like a 95% like attendance rate. So there was something that was kept bringing the girls back into the gym. Right. And I would like to think that it was kind of the culture that I was building right. and the camaraderie because, you know, these girls coming in on a Saturday in the snow when you're 0 and 19, it's I mean, tough. yeah, yeah. Um, so then the job opened up where I teach at Elmwood Park and, and that's where I am now. Um, okay. And basically I'm heading into the fourth year of girls that I've started. So, since first, so that first job you weren't in the building. I wasn't in the building. Yeah. So, so tell me how, tell me about that, how, how it is to be, be a coach and not be in the building. Well, I was, I was lucky there because the AD was very, um, very active. So, so he would do, he would go into classrooms for me. Um, he would do some recruiting for me. He would set things up. Um, but yeah, it was really hard because I would see, you know, I'd go to like a soccer game from that school. And I'd be like, why isn't this girl playing? Why isn't this girl playing? And it, it's because they don't know you. You're, you're a stranger. You have no rapport. Like, why would they come out and play for you and, and, and play play a sport that they're not good at, per se? Um, so, yeah, it, it was that was really hard. It's, so it's hard to dive get. into what you just said there with not good at. So boys think they're good at everything. <laughs> yes. So tell me what, how, what you see on the girl side being a male, seeing that. on the, what, what do you mean by that? Because, I mean, I've. I mean, there's guys that play for me that think they're playing in the NBA. Some have. Yeah. Most of them think they are every year. It's like, okay. And that's why you have 40, 45 kids try out and, and then they quit after 10 days because it's hard. Um, I don't know. What, what, I see, what I see with girls, not the youth level. At, at, at youth, I feel like they want to participate in everything. Um, but once they get to high school, not being good at something, especially when you're in front of a crowd, I feel it's like if they're playing JV and, and, you know, they've only scored six points in the game total and there's boys in the stands, there's, there's people in the stands. I feel like there's more of an embarrassment for girls. I feel like the optics, they feel the optics more, whereas the boys feel like they're good and they think they look good. Um, more of a, more of a confidence, I guess. I think, I think it's something like that too. And I think it's gotten worse to be honest with you on the girls side in some respects. I mean, I look at the numbers. I'm a stats teacher. And I look at the numbers and girls' participation in some of this stuff is is downward. Is a is downward. Is even with basketball, which is crazy to me. If you watch the the NCAA's issue, the the, the girls' finals, were, the girls' semifinals were better than the boys in some respects. Oh yeah, I, I thought the quality of play was a little bit better too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's just. I just not. I mean. I don't know. Going back to what we were talking about early, it's like with AAU, you know, the, the boys AAU, when I when I used to coach, I used to feel like sometimes I'd have to come home and take a shower after it um, because it's there's so much there's all there's money on both sides and money running in on both sides. But there's people chasing money on the guy side. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm careful with the programs that my girls get involved in now. Because I, I do have some some high level elite players now, 
And I just want to make sure that they're not, you know, wasting their time and their money. Um, and they're being coached properly. Cause a lot of these, you know, these teams, they, they run five out and then it's just ISO. And, and it's like, what are we, what are we learning here? Like, and then she comes to play in my program and now I've got to break all those bad habits again and, and, and get her back into a team game. So, yeah. um, I, I, I always build that in for the first month of the season anyway, because you basically have to break them of all their habits. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't understand, especially with the young coaches. I don't get my year guys year round. Like, I mean, I'm not like a college coach where I get them year round. Like they're playing other, they should be doing other things, but yeah. Um, I, I think that's unique. So uh, what's been an obstacle for where you are now? Well, now, now it's easier because I'm, I'm t- um, coaching in the building. Okay. Uh, that I teach. Um, so from a recruiting standpoint, and I also took the girls volleyball JV job to try to recruit a little bit more. Good for you. I coached boys and, volleyball and I, for about seven years. It was good. Great sport. Yeah. I, what, what do you think about volleyball practices? Much slower. Much slower, much more social, much more slower. It's a different sport. Well, again, if you think of volleyball, volleyball and basketball are very similar. Like the, the uh, um, volleyball for boys is a very much a power sport. Like it's once over the net and it's coming at you. It's like I'm dunking on you. Yeah. Girls, well, it's similar to girls basketball. It's 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 better to watch a lot. It's more fundamental. It's more like. And the same with the girls, um, girls volleyball. Now the king, I, I'll tell you, for someone that coached and played volleyball, if you can't pass, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's like you can't dribble or you can't shoot, you can't play. It's like if you can't pass, yeah. you can't pass, you can't do anything on the volleyball side. But what was what was enlightening to me was that the first volleyball practice I went to that I have some of my basketball girls playing in, they were talking nonstop in the volleyball practice. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to, mm-hmm. and then, and then I get them in the basketball court and now we, you know, where is that? Um, but know. that goes it, back to before it with, it's with definitely a social thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's different. It's different. It, it would be interesting to deep dive into that to see, see why that is. It's more a rah, rah sport too. If you notice after every point they gather, yes. Together. yes. You don't, the, <laughs> One's more like going to the symphony, which is volleyball, and one you kind of sit and enjoy the music, and then one's like basketball's more like a rock concert. It's just like a concert, yeah. It's just like not. I mean, you don't have time. When I, co- I I've said this before on my podcast. When I coached my son's little league team, it was like this is crazy easy because look all the time I have between pitches. Like I have all yeah. this time to think. Like think how fast. <laughs> they'd be up and down the basketball court four times by the time the next pitch comes. Like, yeah. So, so, so maybe that's why the talking is easier in those sports because your brain isn't constantly moving and in flux and like next second, next play. Like, well, I think you're being bombarded in basketball. Like I gotta, I gotta convert from offense to defense, even football. Think of, I mean, the football players can play. And I go, what are you talking about? You just ran a play and now you get all this time for the next play. Yeah, you yeah. don't get all that time between plays. What are you talking about? Like, did we just stop them on defense? Now we gotta go. We we gotta go run on offense. Like, so I and while we're on offense, I gotta talk about what we did bad on defense. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I think that's it. Now, you would think with the, the the world they live in, they're barraged so much with so many so much information. 
they would be easier, but I, it's not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't convert somehow. Yeah, it doesn't convert, and and there should be some there should be some studies on that. But you're right. It's it's so. I mean, even soccer is so spread out that shoot, half the guys are walking. Gals are walking. Yeah. Defensive. Yeah. We talk. I mean, so that's what makes basketball so unique. I think um, you have to be able, as a coach and as a player, you have to be able to process fast. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> and, and and then I guess getting that getting the process then verbally, that's where it stops. It goes. It stops. It doesn't get all the way down. Well, yeah. think about think about um, the uh, and if someone's listening to this two or three years from now, that's fine. But. The, think about the Gonzaga um, uh, Baylor final, right? It, think about it. Few is one of the best Division One basketball coaches in the country. He was not ready for that, and it took him six, seven minutes to go to that zone. <laughs> you yeah, know, he was in. I, I, he, he was getting. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't know how athletic Baylor was. I mean, or I mean, physical. they were. Physical. And physical, yeah. And, physical. and and I think that's one of the things on film, too, that's difficult for high school coaches. You can see something on film, but until you go in the gym and you see some of these kids, you know, up close, you don't realize. About that. I never thought about that from Gonzaga's standpoint is they probably clear – they're probably because of COVID, they probably couldn't watch Baylor in the semis, like in person. Yeah, yeah well, well, that's what hurt us in our season in New Jersey – we were just sharing film with each other. Yeah. And you know, in girls basketball, everything seems a little bit slower. So I was like, oh, we can come out. This girl's not that good. She's not that quick. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna zone up. We're gonna man. And then all of a sudden you watch them warm up and you're like, whoa, okay. There's a little bit of size and now you're in the gym with them. I think that's a good deep dive for us to talk about too. Cause for the young coaches, you should try, like I send scouts out. Cause I just, I'm old. I don't, I've watched more film than any human being should. We'll go see in games. But you should try to see everyone in person before you play them. Yes. Because film film is very good in a lot of parts, but it doesn't tell you quickness, strength. Even size sometimes, depending where you get the camera angle. You know, you you could you could miss three or four inches on, on a on a kid. Very deceit. Well, I'll always go down there and stand. Like I the people okay. like, what what the hell is Collins? It's because I know how tall I am. And then I just want to see how tall they are uh, in comparison. No, I think that I never thought of that with Gonzaga. Like he probably didn't get to see them in person because he probably had to, and their game got canceled in December, which would have helped them a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the point, but the point I was trying to make is one of the best division, one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion, under, under valued, blah, blah, blah. It took him six, seven minutes to get out of that. Like, it, it, like they got blitzed at the beginning of that game. If you don't, and, and it's funny because actually that was a question I had for you: was how long into a game would you just switch? Like, like few had to do. Like, how long would you take? Yep. To, so to my, switch your so, game. So, so my rule, my rule is: if you score on me three straight times, I'm out of whatever I'm doing. Automatically. Okay. No matter how late or early in the game it is? No matter. Because it's a game of runs. It's a math teacher in me. It's a game of runs, and I want to break up your run. Now, I might go to a 1-3-1 for one possession and then go back to man. I just want to change your rhythm. Because think about what Brett – think Baylor was in that rhythm. Like, they were just oh, yeah. in a rhythm. And you, as soon as he went to the zone, it, it messed them up. Now, it, it slowed it. 
right? If you if you go yeah. back and watch that film, they were just blitzing him. And he went to I think he went to a one three one or he went to a three two. Oh, they were they were already down like fifteen, I think, right? They were 12? down fifteen, but then they cut it to like not it, it it did enough to like whoa, what are they doing to slow them down? So, um. I have a I have an assistant coach always track that like whether teams because there's been times there's been times I've turned to my assistant and said we need to get out of this and he goes Steve we've stopped them seven straight times now I okay. feel like that because we probably didn't score six straight times or something yeah or or it was sloppy on the defensive end they missed open shots yeah my my indicator was off. So then I needed the numbers to tell me, he goes, Steve, do not get out of this. We have stopped them seven straight times. This happened like like in a big game. And he, he and then we just wrote it. And then he, he'll just say, Steve, they scored like three straight times. So they scored four out of the last five. We should try something new. It's just enough to stop rhythm. And and I have a theory about high school athletics that ch- the high school kids don't like change. Um. The higher up you get, the harder it is to do, but just enough change to change the momentum for quick spurts. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to support us, go over and check out teachings.com for coaches who want to get better. Also, subscribe and like. We do appreciate those. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.